Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. So, do you want to just talk about whatever? Yeah, let's just talk about whatever. Let's talk about whatever, because, I mean, to explain to people, we, we, we have a bit of a delay. Like, we, 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 what, like three weeks is the last update or whatever? Yeah. I mean, part of it's Thanksgiving, but then part of it's also we did have a Destiny Forsaken episode recorded. But we basically just yelled at each other about yeah. whether or not Gambit was good for like 30 minutes, and you guys don't really want to listen to that. And we also, I, I kind of yelled at Steve for how he gave instructions, so it's, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it was not a good episode. We, 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 we tossed it aside, so. Send, send Chris some money and maybe, maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll send it to you, you know. Patreon, uh, <laughs> Patreon or something, I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't done any of that yet, no. Um, but this is just an episode, just like a grab bag of topics and stuff that I was thinking about. And in regards to, like, we're not ready to do our games of 2018 yet, our picks, but it is getting to around that time to just look at the year in review and something that just seemed interesting this, uh, this holiday. Because, like, last year, the big controversy... There was only one, and it was about the loot boxes. Loot boxes. And it had an impact, but I feel like we kind of have two this year. Well, I don't want to say controversy. Like, one's a controversy. Or is it? Like, controversy makes it sound like there's two different sides. And this is more like a, a, a crap storm. Like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and the, the, the incredible grind that led to the microtransactions transactions looking suspicious... And then Fallout 76 releasing in such a buggy, boring, broken state. Which is funny because, as you remember, I was potentially looking at Fallout 76 as a, maybe I could do this instead of Destiny? Like, there's this big co-op world where you get to fight these creative giant monsters. But then I heard about the always-on PvP, which itself is evidently like not always on and is a real broken system the real creative giant monster is mankind i hate you know we're not doing this either <laughs> we're not doing this either that's two two we're not doing <laughs> no. it's true though right the monster you really don't want to fight there's other people they're the ones yeah. they're the real monsters the especially monsters because the now monsters. they now, now what is it they ask you to duel like, they do something like they ask you if you want to engage in the duel, in which case you could just load up, like, a shotgun and everything, get right next to them, say yes, and then boom, one shot. Yeah, it seems like it's really easy to cheese. Um, there's no, um... Like, they can, you can get shot at when you're, if you, even if you choose not to engage them, they can still theoretically kill you. Or it's just you. really ridiculous chip damage. Yes, uh, or just annoy you until you, yeah. It just it doesn't seem like it seems like they're trying to cross um, right before right before the battle royale games became big. I felt like there was there was this, like Ark and there was Rust and all that. Yeah, and it's I, like they're way too late to the party, and the, and that's that's kind of a shame because like what we've seen with um, Call of Duty Black Ops Four, what people say of its battle royale mode is. It's PUBG, but good. <laughs> like, basically, it, it, PUBG, being this small independent effort, was creative, there was nothing else like it, but it was unpolished and broken. Whereas Activision's able to just throw money 
And by throw money, I mean crack a whip and make people work 800 hours a week. Because you know? <laughs> that's probably what happened. But Call of Duty Black Ops 4, meanwhile, has got greater AAA polish to put into that concept. And I think that's like the only thing that some people are disappointed in is, okay, it's PUBG, but better. But that's also all it is. There's no innovation to it. But at the same time, that's also all it needs. Like, between Fortnite and now Black Ops 4, I feel like PUBG's kind of in this really weird space of, okay, now what? Like, whoever right. Player Unknown is, like, he needs, like, a former modder turned video game developer. He's got to really figure out his next step because his product is already obsolete. Yeah, that's usually he's really that really puts him in a in a tough spot. Um, but but circling back on Fallout a little bit, I wonder if part of the problem is it seems kind of like like there's missions and there's there's quests and there's other things to do. There is there's there's PVE, but it's also the the big complaint I've been hearing everywhere is that it's just empty. There's no and there's there are some robotic NPCs, but there's not there's not NPCs, they're not people with personality, there's not which is sort of what made Fallout three, Fallout Four, uh, you know, New Vegas all yeah. work was the the personality of the world and other players just aren't providing that. Oh gosh, no. Of course they're not going and, to and they can't like, they can't. The the Bethesda games I give a lot of trash for, but if anything, what some of the fall, especially uh, New Vegas, like New Vegas is written by Obsidian, developed by Obsidian, who's made up of a lot of the original developers of Fallout 1 and 2. So with that game especially, what do you get with the NPCs? Well, you get interesting dialogue, you get interesting little, you know, stories and dialogue, like, like not quite dialogue trees, it's basically just burrow into all their dialogue options until you've yeah. heard their whole life story. But there's that going for it. Whereas what a lot of people have complained about is, yeah, the first time you find a recording and someone says, oh, I'm going to be here, here. Like, you go to that location and you find a dead body. And if that was meant to be a mechanic to be like, here's how you're going to find, like, exotic treasure, treasure, I'll say. Well, evidently, what you find isn't really exotic or interesting or worthwhile. It's just more trash. Yeah. You know what it almost makes me think of is... Uh, you guys know I love The Witcher 3, right? You love The Witcher 3. I love The Witcher 3. But imagine if they took The Witcher 3 and they gave you the world and they gave you the combat system and they stripped away... All of the no, characters. No, no, no. The Witcher 3 with Witcher 1's combat system. Because, let's face it, Fallout... Bethesda games don't have a good combat system. That's true. Okay, but I'm saying, even if it was as good as that, it would just be like... And then populate it with griefers. Yeah. Um, and I feel like maybe... Maybe if you could really get people to cooperate, maybe there's a there's a there's a nugget of a good idea there. What if what if other player well, characters became quest givers? What if they became, uh, you know, like it, it could find ways to dynamically include you? Like it's it's 
using its algorithm and saying, okay, you know, you do Billy Bob 74 is that's apparently somebody's gamer tag. Uh, you know, is on this, and our, according to our algorithm, he's not going to be able to finish this dungeon. Okay, and then it, you get an SOS. He doesn't, Billy Bob doesn't necessarily have anything. You get an SOS. Oh, there's a, you know, somebody trapped here. Go help him out. Or something like that, where there are, there are probably ways, and that's the least creative of them, that you can make this work. Doesn't seem like Fallout 76 is doing it. No. Um, and part of it is also, I don't think they even knew what they wanted to do. They basically wanted to mod their own game, and they did a worse job than uh, the entire mod community. The entire mod community doing. that's doing it part time, right, yeah. as opposed to being paid for it. It's I don't know. It's 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 become a major like the 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 giant bombcast is a very influential gaming podcast and it's a very influential website and Jeff Gersman was on record as basically saying we're not making a review nobody wants to review this game nobody wants to play any more of it than they have to <laughs> nobody on their staff likes this game and even the most positive people that i follow that have played it like uh lazy game reviews is probably the most positive that i've seen response to this game and for him he's like i played 30 or 35 hours and i just don't want to play anymore like he's done with it and when you think about bethesda games especially how usually people get hundreds of hours but it's like and that 30 to 35 hours, I, I get the feeling was kind of like stubbornness. Well, maybe not stubbornness, yeah. but like playing it and then having to realize that you're not having fun anymore. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's where I feel like a lot of people ended up backing away from this game. Like, I feel like this game's not... Because like, there's no... There, there's so little positive response to this game. Like, there's always going to be people that like it, but... There's not, like... So, for example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey has a lot of problems, from the, the grind to the sort of vast but only skin-deep open world. Yeah. Um, but at the same time... There's lots of people who like it. There's lots of people who are finding... Who are, well, who are enjoying the setting and the battles and everything else. Well, that's the thing. Even people that dislike the grind and some of those other elements have a lot of good to say about other elements right. of it. Right. Fallout 76 seems to be just driving off a cliff. Yeah. Um, or, like, they, they decided to... Tr oh, I'm trying to think of a good uh, analogy. Um... Like, because what it seems like is the, their their intent. Like, maybe it's just because Bethesda themselves, the Bethesda Game Studios, the actual developer, doesn't have enough experience developing more than just Morrowind, Oblivion, Skyrim, right. Fallout Three, which is Skyrim with guns, Fallout Four, which is Skyrim with like. There's elements yeah. that are interesting. Like the 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 like a lot of people like building your own shelter, and I feel like with Fallout seventy six they were relying on that. Okay, let's make a survival game in the Fallout universe that is using the Fallout engine, even though it's 
it shouldn't be. Like they they yeah. they really needed if they were going to be making this game to work with id or something like that. They needed like I don't know yeah. if Doom's engine would have been fitting because Doom's engine is meant for a different kind of but experience. What they, I mean what you have it is a great example because what you have at id I've always felt like is you have a, a large amount of technical prowess. Yes. Which even with John Carmack gone, they've got technical. Or because powers. you have a lot of people that Carmack mentored and yes, other things yes, that, yes, yes. and uh, and so they were what they were always good for, you know, especially back in the day, is making the technology that somebody else made a better game out of. Like they'd release a Doom game or a Quake game, and then other like so Quake Three, for example, is a fun arena shooter, good mechanics, good that technology. Was still them. Well, yeah, well that was great. But then, um, who did Return to Castle Wolfenstein? Oh, I do not remember. Raven? Was it Raven? Yeah, Raven. Raven does. usually took their stuff. Yeah, and Raven the takes them things out, and they build Re Return to Castle Wolfenstein on that. Essentially, the mechanics and the technology, and make something. And I feel like anyway, that's a little bit of a tangent. But it would have been a great, a great company to be working for to, to say build. The technology we need. Yeah, I mean, at least see, like, what kind of tech do they have with your, like, they're, they've got a Quake game. I have no idea, like, Quake, Quake Champions? Oh, yeah. They've got something yeah, out. It's like, see, see if there's any tech in there you could have started with. It's just starting with the Fallout engine is the wrong engine, or their Gamebryo, their creation kit, whatever they call it. It's the wrong, because like, that engine is only meant for one kind of game. And Seamus Young had a good point, because some people have said, you know, oh, they just need a new engine. This proves it. And it's like, Seamus Young, if you go to, um, I think it's Escapist Magazine is where he put the article. He wrote an essay that goes pretty deep into why a game studio could actually get into more trouble starting from scratch, even j just with a new engine. Hmm. Um, so it's, like, a, an engine is the kind of thing you need a dedicated team for. Especially yeah. when it's going to be, like, that's what, like, Epic. Epic always had a dedicated team to building the Unreal Engine. Yeah. Um, Capcom, uh, last generation, they had a dedicated team building their NT Framework Engine. Because they just, they, these are engines that are designed that you can make any kind of game out of. You can be modular with it. You can modify to your needs very easily. Whereas, if you're building a brand new engine for your own game the most effective thing to do is build it with just your kind of game in mind. But sometimes, like, having to take into account all of the new, different stuff, it's kind of like yeah. why every Halo game felt a little different. Because, like, Halo 2, brand new engine. Yeah. Um, I think Halo 3 was a brand new right. engine as well. So the games feel very similar, but none of them feels exactly the same. Yeah. No, no definitely. The, um... And that's... There's just there seems to be a lot limiting them, and I think for for a moment, um, because again another thing I love is Destiny. My thoughts turn to Destiny a little bit because how how long is Destiny? How long have we been playing Destiny? Been going right now like four years, five years? Uh, was it 2013 the first one came out? Yeah, I think it was 2013. So we're we're on we're on the fifth year of Destiny at this point, and maybe no, uh, 2014 I think. Whatever it is, it's been a while. I honestly think that it's 2014. 2014. Okay, yeah. But so, uh, any however long it's been, I honestly think that it's with the 
within this year of Destiny 2 is the first year that is they've now finally figured out what to make Destiny. They finally figured out how to do it. That okay, we've got a campaign, and then we basically have a year-long endgame that we're going to build. And so I was wondering, okay, could Fallout 76 be something like this where it's kind of a disaster at launch, but maybe we they can figure out what it is, but it doesn't seem like it has the kernel of the good thing or a big enough kernel of a good thing like Destiny has. It needs a actually satisfying core gameplay loop because right. the sound of it is gathering tra like it's gathering trash. Yeah. And you you over encumber very by, quickly. And then you get killed by a PvP encounter. Yeah. And you lose all your trash. Well, not anymore because then you could just like not want to do it. You can right. just tell them you don't do it. But or, or, or even, you, even then, even then. You, or you build, you, you gather all your trash and you build a great place and you go out to gather more trash and somebody trashes your place and then you fix it. Or you log you, out and then the place is and gone. Or you log out and then somebody else built a place where you built your place. And so you have the blueprints for your place. But now you have to put it someplace else, and it doesn't quite work where you moved it. And that's and the thing, even when it comes to building your own fort, like, I don't... Because nothing ever sounds permanent, nothing about this game makes it seem like something that's worth coming back to over and over. Destiny, yeah. at the very least, has greater challenges. Now it's got the exotic loot in Destiny 2. But you've also got that boosted life level. It's like, okay, let's do the light level. Right. There's now let's get all the gear in the raid, you know, like... There's you, right. There's something to do. Do you want to ex, do you want to just explore and look for secrets? And there's ways to store things. Yeah, there's, there's ways too. to boost your light level from exploring right now. Um, sort of. Uh, there's you know. Okay, do you want to do PvP? Do you want to do PVE? Do you want to do PvPVE? The PvPVP. No, no. VE VE. All the players, all the enemies, uh, and and so on. Um, but it's got an idea of all the different things that to entice a player, whereas Fallout 76 sounds like they had some loose ideas, and they were so focused on just building it, they never stopped to get, they, they never got to the phase where they were asking, is this enjoyable? Like, you never got right. to the, the, the phase where they were wondering, if the, and granted, most developers say, you know, you, you play it so much, you can never really tell after a while. Mm -hmm. Um... And that's true with a lot of creators. Like, if you're a comedian, you're no, like at some point you don't even know if your stuff's funny or not because right. you're so, like, you're so tied to it. So, to I think with Fallout 76 though, they just I don't think they had a clear idea of what they wanted to do. They just started experimenting, and I think also Bethesda and one of the big things too that a lot of people and for me it's kind of like oh finally people get it. Is huh. that Bethesda always released games broken and buggy? That's true. But one of the things, especially PC players, that always gave them a break is the moddability. Fallout 76 can't be modded. Bethesda can't be saved by the modding community for Fallout 76. So, this is going to be, I think, their biggest disaster, or maybe their biggest wake up call. Because they're going to need, and it's already on sale, so it's not selling what they wanted to. Yeah, I saw it. It's like it's been out for it was out for like a week, and it was down. It is the only price. recent release that got that kind of a price reduction. Yeah. Um. So that except for Shadow of the Tomb Raider, but those never sell to Square's expectations. Yeah. 
Uh, and even then, that's at least been since September. Right, so that's been right, exactly. There's a big difference between we released this game two months ago and we need to now drop the price to get it to compete against the Red Dead re Redemption 2. Right. Which Red Dead Redemption 2 is not dropping in price. Yeah. Because Pokemon Let's Go isn't dropping in price. Yeah. Uh, Legend of Zelda is still $60. Well, all, well I, I, okay, I should say, I mean, Nintendo but never drops the price. Nintendo never drops the price, yeah. Like, even That's their eShop sales, it's like you see everyone dropping prices by like 30 to 40 bucks, and then it's like, hey guys, have $10 off this, like, three year old game. Out year and a half old game. For yeah. Switch, it's like a year and a half old, but it's oh, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, for Switch. It's like, no, oh, thanks, guys. So so what else is disappointing this holiday season? So so Fallout 76 um, looks to be the... I, this feels like one of the biggest sort of... It got everyone to figure... It got, everyone to, it got everyone to forget about Assassin's Creed. It got everyone to just, like... Any anger towards Ubisoft for those microtransactions gone because like now everyone delivered a complete game that worked all the rage against rockstar for 100 hour work weeks that's gone because that, that that was a big thing for a minute but then everyone forgave them because like rockstar maybe bethesda like, should have had these guys working 100 hours a week to get us a better game <laughs> oh that's oh, that's wrong that's wrong, that's wrong. I'm, I'm sorry uh, um, but it's it's so I'm thinking about this holiday season. So a lot of times this is the time of year when you get like 20 things you want to play that have all come out. So right, so we had Shadow of the Tomb Raider come out in September. Spider Man also came out. Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man was 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 so far has been the big hit for me um, of the holiday season. Of, of the yeah, the sort of the holiday lead up. Um, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to picking up Red Dead Redemption at some point, and I just picked up Darksiders three, which I did as well. I was uh, going to so, wait a little bit because I'm trying to get, if I'm trying to follow what you're going along with. Um, what what else do we got coming out? Pokemon. We got Pokemon. Let's go. That already came out. Yes, that just came. I out. have not. I, I'm not getting that one. I want to. I want the core game. You want to, You don't want to. Okay, that'll. I, I probably won't get a chance to play that until after Christmas at this point. No, um, I'll be playing with my kids. So. I think one of my favorite games of the year because it just it knows what it is and it does it really well. Mega Man Eleven, that came out in October. And October was like the big month where I had to just pick and choose what I was getting, and I don't even remember everything. Like I got Mega Man Eleven. What else did I get in October? I played something else in October that I thought was new. I can't, for the life of me, remember what it is now. But, like, f that's when uh, the Fist of the North Star game came out. Okay. A game called Gal Metal came out, which is a delightful Japanese developer, Tak Fuji, directed mm -hmm. it. And basically, you can use the Switch Joy-Cons, like, drumsticks and stuff. And it is, like, you are part of an all-girl female metal band that needs to save the world from aliens. I'm totally getting with this. With metal. Once I get a Switch. That sounds amazing. It, it looks amazing. It looks fun. It reminds me of Guitaru Man for PS2. Like, everything okay, about the aesthetic yeah. in it, of nice. it. Um, so, there's, like, a whole bunch of stuff that came up. But for me, it's, like, there's a lot of under-the-radar stuff that's really tempting, but I couldn't get. 
Yeah, um, it's not the it's not the big names coming out. Yeah, because for me, it's like Darksiders Three. I've been playing a few hours of, and then next week, Smash Brothers Ultimate, both of which I can segue into two different other topics, which we want to talk about leaks, and not the vegetable or it is vegetable, right? Leak? Yeah, there's okay. a leak in the boat. Yeah, or or that thing, but leaks or there was the a... weird the weird presence of reviews. And that, that's not what a leak sounds like. You're right. Yeah. Oh, sorry, oh, have you ever seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too? The second one only once. Okay, because there's the scene. Where I don't like, care. There's a leak in the boat. I don't care the and first. And there's like a leak. Oh, there's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, and it makes a, like some kind of squeaky noise. The like first that. movie's really good. The second one I watched once and I don't remember anything, but I... I like the second one. I have no reason to watch it again. It's, it's less of like a... Sort of crazy. Oh no, it's more of a crazy fever dream and less of a. Anyway, we're not talking about uh, animated movies of the. From the people that would later bring you the Lego Movie and evidently Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Th- that. Those are the same guys. Still blows my mind. It's like, yeah, we're gonna make some kid movies, and by the way, here's Twenty One Jump Street, which is an R-rated comedy, if I recall. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, okay, that's a. That's that's something. interesting. That's a, that's a jump. But hey, I mean, if you got the freedom to do that, then yeah. um, but anyway, so, back so, on video. Uh, games. So we were talking about leaks or uh, or reviews, sort of reviews. I mean, basically, it's my excuse to talk about Dark Siders three because I've only played about three hours of it. But so I've only read one review of Dark Siders three, and it was from Polygon, so there was no score, and I read it as overwhelmingly positive. Um, the average seems to be around three out of five, and I think that's. So we're we're talking about reviews now. Uh, so I'm sort of I'm kind of on board with the scoreless review these days. Uh, as somebody who actually writes reviews, and I write reviews for music, which is in a lot of ways even more subjective. Yeah. Than um, than games. Uh I think that there's there's a point to reviewing the technical aspects of a game. Uh, you know, is this game a buggy mess? Uh, does this game accomplish, you know, art- artistically what it seems to be setting out to, art- to accomplish? Like, not in terms of, like, but just, you know, I don't know. It's tough to try and systematically get the objective out of the subjective. Right, exactly. The... And I can understand the need for for having some kind of objective thing to say basically, does this game work? Yeah. Um, versus, are you going to enjoy this game? And Darksiders has always been an iffy sort of franchise in that regard. And like my my thought when I brought up the topic was along the lines of, what do you even use reviews for at this stage? Because honestly, I don't read a lot of reviews. Most of the YouTube analysis or the articles I read are more in-depth analysis that aren't going for it as a consumer review or anything. They don't do the scores, but they're basically one person's and a specific person I follow deep dive into deep dive into either thematic meaning or deeper mechanic, uh, mechanic understanding, like trying to figure out more deeply why things work and why they don't. 
because a lot of reviews, and I've even found this as trying to write them myself on my blog, like, now I've tried to divide things into different subjects, like, Spider-Man and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I did this, because just doing one write-up, I realized, like, there's only, you kind of only go surface level, you gotta skim everything, right. and you gotta summarize, and it doesn't really inform like it should. Like on so like on one level, I like Spider-Man almost seems like a perfect game, right? It's from a. It definitely starts out feeling that way. Where you have a you have a, a, a great story, whether or not you love the specific characterizations of all of the characters and everything like that. You've got a, a great story, solid voice acting. Um, it feels great to at, swoop. Yeah, most of the most of the action feels good. Um, it's got a broad appeal, uh, sort of where you can you can put it on easy mode and play through the combat pretty easily. You put yeah. it on, uh, but then when you start analyzing it on a deeper level, you say, okay, well, like this aspect of the combat, this aspect of the open world experience, and you're gonna laugh because the more, especially after the D DLC, but the more I look back and think on it. The more convinced I am, because my you remember my first response was I think I like Spider-Man better than God of War, which eventually became I definitely like Sp Spider-Man better than God of War, and now is becoming I'm pretty sure I like God of War better. And you know what part of that is for me, I want more God of War. Like Spider-Man is giving me all the Spider-Man I can handle. It's like an all-you-can-eat Spider-Man buffet. Well, even going back to the DLC, like, Turf Wars just came out, and I'm less interested because I found out, okay, well, what's in Turf Wars? More of what I just got, and I thought I wanted more Spider-Man. But it turns out the more Spider-Man I want isn't the DLC they're giving me. And it's no surprise because they had, the, like, I mean, it's, like, the month, the next month, and then the third month after the game released. This DLC was nearly completed before it was released. And if anything, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if by the time the game launched, both of the first DLC packs were, really, were, were done. Just a final bug checking and everything, because especially the second DLC pack has more screwball challenges. This is effectively a single expansion pack where they don't have the time to learn from the feedback. Hmm. So these challenges and everything that people, for the most part, don't actually like doing, of course they're going to throw that in there. How much money you want to bet Turf Wars has yet another stealth section in it? It's Mary Jane or Miles? It does, does it matter? Mary, let's, let's, I say Mary Jane, so let's do one, two, two three, shoot. Mary Jane. It's ever done Mary Jane again. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we just rock, paper, scissors for all those that could Chris did see. paper and I did scissors. <laughs> and we're the only ones who could see that, so... <laughs> Good job, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, I don't know, like, it, I mean, this is technically a little bit off topic, but I think that's also where you get into the reviews and everything, because both God of War and, like, well, God of War's big thing was when it released, I honestly didn't trust the review, because I know, like, I feel like the majority of games writers are going to be like, this ditches and abandons all of its juvenile history and that automatically appeals to me 
the adult games writer that and, and wants meanwhile, to, we're like, like, doesn't want to be ashamed of telling people what I write about. And then meanwhile, we're like, you can play drums in an all-girl metal band and save the world and fight aliens? Yes! yes! <laughs> Who wouldn't want to play that? Come on! Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And I think that's what's, what's tough about reviews. So how do, you, how do you review God of War? You're like, if, like, I mean, how do you review that? It's and I tried on my website. I did a, I, I did yeah, my best to, did. to write about it, which basically is the early parts are rough, and it's only the let. It's kind of an inverse of Spider-Man, where the early parts of Spider-Man, even though they could have really used the later um, skills you update and upgrade and stuff. Mm-hmm. The early parts of Spider-Man are really good and make a great first impression. And then slowly more enemy types and the bad encounter design and just doing all the extra open worldy stuff gives me where's the where's the game out a little bit like that original shine starts to wear and you start to realize oh that's just a coat of gold paint that's not actually gold it's just lead underneath whereas God of War starts a little rough because your combat options are limited but it at least has the exploration elements that I love so much thrown in there to bring me to the point where, except for the Dark Elves, they suck, you get to combat that works really well, especially with the Valkyries. Like, where I fell in love with the game was the extra stuff, like the the Valkyries and, um, was it Helheim? Yeah. Helheim. So, like, these optional things, but... In the end, like I feel like, you know what? God of War is a game I'm going to want to go back and replay. And part of it is the exploration element. Even yeah. if it's not a new game plus. Like, you know what? Because like gaining new power, even if I don't completely like the way God of War does it, I like the, those elements of gaming more. Whereas if I go back to replay Spider-Man, uh, do I really want to do these challenges again? Right. Do I really want to do all these open world chores again? Or do I just do I just want to go through the story again? Like, yeah. Do I just want to experience a Spider-Man story with the full combat options so I can actually fully combat? So it's we've gotten really off topic here. This yeah, is we've this is like our game of the year ahead of time ahead because of time, this is yeah. gonna this is gonna come but, right down to. But it. I think but, but it kind of gives you a question. Like I mean, how do you how do you review that? So you start. I haven't started Darksiders three yet, but you have. I have. Um, so, so my, and I haven't really read any reviews, but I've heard some things. My impression, so I've read, like I said, I read one review. I've talked to you a little bit. My impression from the one review I've read and a couple scores I've seen, it's a, it's a perfectly sound game that um, is maybe like Darksiders one and two before it, a bit derivative. Uh, Just like Darksiders 1 was received by critics at the time. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit derivative, and it maybe feels a little bit like old school at points, but that it's, that's, that, was, that was sort of my impression. Okay. I, I've heard... I heard more people borrows... complain about its visuals, whereas I'm just like, look, it's stylized. Darksiders always has been. I don't know what you what you want. They're trying to make it look like a Joe Mad art style, and I, I do. I will say I do feel like the lack of uh, Joe Joe Madureira proper 
does hurt the game visually. Hmm. He designed Fury, and Fury's design is wonderful. The world looks cool, but it doesn't spark with as much life as when you when you wander the world of. Um, granted, again, only three hours in. Right. But so far, like I'm not as in love with the environments as I had been in the pre prior two games, um, with the exception of Darksiders 2's um, Land of the Dead. That that entire section, I think, is the game's weak point. Um, but my thing with Darksiders 3 is simply, it's not going to be a game that you'd expect to review well. Like even I'm liking it, despite its flaws. Right. So I can understand why it's a 3 out of 5, but I feel like giving it a 3 out of 5 is also going to be... It's not going to re represent the people that it's really going... Like, the people who like it's got a market yeah there's going to be people that play and they're going to have an itch that's scratched but it's not going to be and this is where i guess consumer reviews are correct like what are the chances that this game will please someone well i guess three out of five is that the odds that it's going to be worth sixty dollars to someone well that gets a bit iffy now that nobody's really buying games full price anymore <laughs> um but it's, it's, I mean, for me, I wanted to go in blind and I heard some people mention like the Dark Souls aspect and like playing the game, I might have, I probably never would have really made that connection because the only thing that's Dark Souls-esque is when you die, all of the, the souls currency that you've collected, which is like the first game, you kill things, you get blue currency souls. Right. All of that is left behind where you died. And then you have which to go is an, get it. Which is an old roguelike. Uh, that's a that's that's like the core mechanic of Dark Souls. Is when you and die. Dark Souls was not the first person. Uh, that was not the first not, game. Okay, no, no, okay, okay. In most roguelikes, in some roguelikes, your your you would re-roll a totally new character, and and your gear would drop where you die. Yes. The the souls like mechanic is basically your experience drops where you die, and this is just money. So, even, well, but that's the thing. Like that's well, souls all was like is. the soul. It's like it's like it's, but it's like experience or whatever that you spend. Right? It's not you spend it on upgrading your character. But the thing is, like when I've like um, I was in a chat room with They're, someone discussing this game, and it sounds like uh, between them and some of the reactions I've seen online and everything is people are now expecting, because it does that, the game needs to play like Dark Souls, and it doesn't. Right. And it's, Of course it doesn't. I it's really want to play anything else. It's a like shallow Souls. character action. Like, I will... Like, the combat so far is not as good as the first Dark... Siders. Honestly, first two Dark Siders. The combat so far is the weakest part, which mm -hmm. is a real... Th that, that's where it's troublesome. Like there's aspects I I, are, I already love about this Dark Siders, but the combat being weaker than the prior two games is not a really good sign. And yet, part of it is also needing to learn how to play it properly. Well, and also isn't this this is a totally new developer team, etc. Right? Yes and no. Gunfire Games is one of the leads, one of the lead founders of Vigil Games. 
Um, they, if you watch the Darksiders documentary on the YouTube channel Gamumentary, which I highly recommend. The Darksiders documentary is a really good watch. Um, and it really gives you into the psychology of the different developers and explains why this one is smaller scale again. Like why it's not as big as Darksiders 2 because that developer, I, I wish I remembered all that. The only name I remember is Joe Madureira because Joe Mad. I mean, yeah, it's easy to remember that. Um, but, and also he got a lot of the credit for Vigil Games. Like people treated it as if it was all him and it yeah. technically wasn't. He was just one of the many minds behind it. But whereas Joe Mad and one of the other leads went off to found Airship Syndicate and they brought some of the old ex-Vigil staff. The, the other guy went off to f uh, found Gunfire Games and brought a bunch of ex-Vigil staff with him. Okay, so... So, um, so there's both teams, like, honestly, both companies, majority are not going to be Vigil staff. But you've got former developers on... There might be some core people. Yeah, you've got... Yeah. And one of the core people... The guy who who made the the prototype engine for Darksiders got together with Joe Mad, decided we want to make a Zelda-like action game with some Devil May Cry. He's the one in charge of Darksiders 3 right now. So it's in the hands of one of the people that's responsible for the right. for Darksiders being Darksiders. Yeah, I would say yeah. So so there's still some some of the the same core people, but it's also just there's a, a lot of changeover. And so something. And like, it's been a lot of time too. And a lot of time. Like one of one of one of the things that I can say about the developer, based off that documentary, is it's very clear that when he makes a game, it's like, well, what do I like? And let me do a game that's just a lot of what I like because, and it's mm. a good philosophy to and have. Somebody, somebody will like it, and other people won't. And like that's, this one, this one clearly has like there, there's some feel of Metroidvania. It doesn't feel Zelda, but it definitely feels like one big connected world. They don't give you a map. And that's again, like a lot of people might say, Dark Souls there because it's one big connected world, but I mean, that's Evil not, was one big, yeah. Dark Souls didn't invent Devil that May Cry either. Was one big connected world, yes. Um, but so, and this kind of brings us back to reviews. Where on the one hand, I'm thinking, okay, like I can see where this might not be everyone's cup of tea, but then I'm also thinking about you know the ten out of ten God of War, and you know, carrying around a starting the game by carrying around a tree and putting it in a canoe to go burn your dead wife's body like that might not really be everyone's cup of tea too it just sort of the ambiguity no, right, of, right. of reviews that we it's it's just it's difficult it's difficult to say that their review score means anything to you the gamer yeah like smash super smash brothers ultimate whatever is probably going to get like 10 out of 10 from everybody because it's super smash. Well, it's also, if you read a lot of reviews or even if you watch a lot of YouTube, like I really like skill up. Um, I mm. think he's a really good consumer, oh, yeah. re consumer style reviewer because one of the things that he'll talk about is bugs. He'll talk about potentially shoddy business practices. Like he'll, 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 and he is a firm believer in not pre-ordering games. Like in, right. in his mind, you don't pre-order because you never know what the end product's going to be like. Um, and well, that's a that's a good point where you, if you know, if you find a person rather than like reading IGN or something like that, where you have to go find the byline, if you find a specific person, 
that makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, um, we don't we don't want to go too much longer. So know, I have. Well, I, I I wanted to make sure I finished on this though, where um, as because I was bringing him up for a specific reason. It's because you have something like say God of War, where things like crafting systems or the way it levels up like this the system is stated and explained and then given a a i wish i remembered that like a, a value judgment mm-hmm. like here's how the system works and that's good and it's like wait 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 why is this system good why is this beneficial how is this causing me to engage with the game how is this actually right. improving my time with the game dark siders 3 simplifies that back so it's not a very complex system it's got attribute points and skill points. It's got these different things, but it's very simplified. And right now, I can tell you, dude, there's not a lot of stuff to find when you explore, but all of it's useful. And that's what I'm like. like it's not like uh, Darksiders 1, where it's a blatant Zelda ripoff. So it still has some of that RPG element that Darksiders mm. 2 had, but it's also simplified down, and it works as it needs to. But I think that's also part of the issue. You have God of War, which has all this stuff that AAA games are used to just throwing in there. And people, because it engages them on some level, they feel like it's good. But they might not understand there's better ways to execute it. Mm -hmm. Or is this actually a good implementation? Or does this game need this? Um, They'll just assume, oh, it's better because it's more more rich. Even though it might not be. Um, Versus having this double-A game. Like, instead of triple-A developer, it's like a double-A yeah. developer. It's a smaller, right. mid-sized developer, but it's a perfectly fine, good game. And people are going to be like, oh, well, is it worth $60? Well, for some people, maybe not. But for others, I mean, so far, again, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, some people, it's worth $60. Everybody else waits till it's 40 And since you got it, we'll evidently do a spoiler cast eventually. Apparently, yeah. So I had one more thing for today, and that is I I never thought I would say these words. Uh-oh. Uh, but so, okay, so we've got a campaignless Call of Duty. We've got Fallout 76 was a total bust. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is sort of ruined by, not ruined, maybe, uh, probably, by a sort of going too broad, too big, and losing focus, and then microtransactions being necessary to make the game fun, according to a lot of people. <laughs> um, it seems... Did you know a new Battlefield came out? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's girls There's girls in World War One or something. I don't know. That game just came and went. Yeah. So, yeah. And then... I think Nintendo's winning. <laughs> no, the, like, prob- the, the, the problem is you're looking at a very limited scope of the year firstly again well this the, two the, of the biggest was... releases two of the biggest releases are god of war and, and this and is Spider-Man. funny because i'm the one that would normally be in the charge to be like nintendo has it figured out man which technically they don't like there's a lot of to criti- criticize in nintendo about. oh there's lots to criticize uh, uh, but and smash but, brothers ultimate is next friday Smash Bros. Ultimate, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee. Um, now, obviously, the, the Switch is newer than the PS4 or the Xbox One, but, like, Xbox One, PS4 deals 
were everywhere and they were great if you did not have one of those systems. Switch deals basically did not exist. Switch deals were like, we'll give you last year's $35 e-card or something. We'll give you last year's bundle. We'll give you last year's bundle for 400 bucks off. For a little bit, it's still at three hundred dollars though, or something like no, that. No, no, Mario Kart Eight bundles on Black Friday were two hundred. No, they were. They weren't. They were not. They have. There was absolutely no Switch bundle for two hundred. Really? Absolutely nowhere. There were things oh, that wow. were like three hundred, but were giving you like an extra pair of Joy Cons or something like that. But that's the best you were gonna do. Switch bundles were impossible. And not oh my. particularly great savings. I guess I remembered it wrong because I mean I already got a switch, so I'm not. Paying you weren't really paying attention. attention. I was paying attention, and I just, it, it just feels like yeah. Sony, I think Sony wins the year with. Uh, well, evidently it's hard for people to find PlayStations fours. Like people keep looking. Like I, I, every once in a while, I see people are looking for the Pro. Oh, the Pro. Yeah, the Pro is. I kind of was looking at that. The P, the PS4 Pro seems to be very hard to. To find. Which means they either did not put out a lot of the Pro, or it really is selling that well. And I have no idea which one it would be. Yeah. Because then you have the Xbox One X, which is just everywhere, and really expensive. I am surprised Microsoft has not dropped that thing in price to try... Like, okay, yeah, Xbox One S... I can get the slim model for 200 bucks on sale on a bundle. Why would I get that when there's a more powerful version? I'm waiting yeah. for the more powerful version to price drop. And yeah. that's if, if like it, you know when it's going to price drop when they have announced the next Xbox system. At which point, do I even want an Xbox X? Xbox One, one X. X. Yeah. One uh, or something. Who knows? Yeah. But so that was just that was kind of my observation. I feel like a lot of the the AAA games this season have have faltered, and I feel and like we're, we're 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 getting we're not getting that like maybe maybe there's there's a, there's a little bit of both that sort of end of the console life cycle. Where, I mean, I guess we are getting it because we got God of War this year. Here's part of the problem, though. Um, how much stuff was pushed into the next year? True. The holiday season might have looked a little Anthem, bit different because Anthem and Kingdom Anthem Hearts might 3. actually be good. Oh, Kingdom Hearts three would have definitely been a big hit for a lot of people. Um, Resident Evil two remake is January. Devil May Cry five is March. Now, granted, a lot of these are more mid tier games, and Anthem, I can understand why EA would have pushed that back. Um, partially because you know setting it back a few more months means you got a lot more polish time, but at the same time, it's like okay. We have a lot less to compete with, theoretically. After all, February has now got um, Metro as well, and there's oh my goodness, I keep I keep forgetting how much stuff's coming out in February. Partially yeah. because most well, of it doesn't matter to me, but there is a lot. lot of there stuff. is a lot coming out, but just I guess I guess my my overall feeling is when you I, got the, the holidays are basically reserved for the annuals, right? And the annuals, I feel like the annuals have have sort of paved the way. The the annuals, the lackluster feeling of some of the annuals, has sort of paved the way for Nintendo to look really strong. At least to me. Maybe it's because I'm looking harder at Nintendo right now. But that's just that's just my my last takeaway 
from what's going on in gaming right now. Is Nintendo's I mean, looking surprisingly strong coming in, in through this holiday season. Last holiday season, I think, was a good one, especially for them. Because um, they had Mario Odyssey in October last year, which that was a huge, 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 huge one for them. Uh, they had Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra... Because November's their Pokemon month. Right. They might have something else available, but for the most part, it's Pokemon month. Yeah. Um, they actually had also Luigi's Mansion game the, on the 3DS, but it's, it's so hard to pay attention to the 3DS right now. There's so much stuff out there, and yeah. it's only so much to buy. But yeah, Smash Brothers Ultimate is so weird because it's December, and by then people usually stop paying attention. But at the same time, like, that's a great way to finish. Like, yeah, it's finishing strong. After everything else has disappointed you, to then have Smash Brothers Ultimate and be, it, it will feel like hot chocolate. Like, everything else <laughs> is just burnt Starbucks coffee. And next thing you know, you get, like, Grandma's hot chocolate with the marshmallows in there. And that's what Smash Brothers Ultimate is because it's good, and it's going to feel comfortable because it's a it's a familiar franchise, but it's just going to be what you need it to be. It's not going to have extraneous trash going on. It's go it's not going to have and especially Ultimate. It's like it's got every character you could want. Every, char every character. Not Shadow the Hedgehog. Okay, it's got every character that's ever existed, plus a lot of extra ones. Like Ridley and Dark Samus, come on, man. King K. Rule. Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, look, that's your fault for liking Sonic. <laughs> I'm, I'm shedding a singular tear over here. <laughs> singular, huh? Singular. One, not plural one tears? Tier. Not plural tears? Not, not tears, just... One tier for Shadow um, the Hedgehog. But, I mean, for, for me, though, it's I don't get worried about the holiday season. It, it's 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 the beginning of the year that I get worried about. Yeah. No, uh, but that's just... Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting little couple months we've had here. For so, sure. So, we'll, I'll try and have us get one more episode of the podcast out before the end of the year. Uh, well, yeah, before the end of the year... First podcast of 2019 will likely be our games of the year 20, 2018. Um, what I might do next episode will be... Because the v video game awards are like next week as well. Right. And maybe at this point, I don't them. care about awards. And maybe we could talk about award shows in general. But I want to talk... like the, We might want to talk about the announcements or something. So... Tell an announcement. We can give out our own awards. So, well, he, best game with an axe, God of War. Best game with blades, God, God of, of War. War. Best game with a beard, God, God of, of War. War. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we'll make sure Red Dead Redemption doesn't win our awards. Um, but yeah, well, uh, uh, that might not be because again, normally try and do every other week. Probably not. It's probably not going to be that. I got to do some rehearsals with my church for their church play, um, and then of course it's Christmas, and then I got Magfest. So next few weeks are going to be uh, weird because it's holiday season. So 
Uh, but thanks for listening. I feel a lot better about this episode than our Destiny Forsaken episode. <laughs> yeah, we mostly agreed on everything, and, and nobody thought about killing anybody else on the podcast. Yeah, that's always a good, always that's a always good a thing. Always a good thing. Oh, and um, around the weekend of this podcast going up, I should, because I'm close to being done it, but if it's not up when I've done this podcast, it'll be up sometime, like just a couple days after. Keep an eye out on my Ramble Pack 64 channel on YouTube for my Rise of the Tomb Raider video. It's getting there. Um, it should be done soon. So that's, yeah, youtube.com slash ramblepack64, no C. www.ramblepack64.com, no C. Well, on the Ramble Pack. Because there's definitely, definitely a C, a C on com. Com. Don't yeah. do like <laughs> .com because that's going to take you to like some Russian version of the site that's going to steal all your money and hack the election. That's racist. I don't know. Is that, <laughs> is it? <laughs> but alright, um, and any, any place for people to check you out? Uh, I mean the normal stuff. Of I, Instagram? I don't really have anything particularly outstanding Check right it out now. your beard on Instagram with that hipster swoosh hair. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, You can check me out on Instagram or something. You don't uh, have an Instagram, do you? I do have an Instagram. Why do you have an Instagram? I don't know. This podcast is over. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.